Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, my name is Alan Collins. I'm the partner who heads up the abuse team at Hugh James, and I'm joined by my colleagues. Hi, Alan. Hi, Alan. Hi, listeners. Welcome to our latest podcast. Before we get underway, I always remind everyone that in these podcasts, we often talk about sensitive and difficult matters. So if you think you may be distressed in any way by this podcast, then now is time to switch off and go and do something else. In this podcast, we are going to be talking about a very topical issue, which is sexual abuse on trains. In recent times, sadly, tragically, it is not uncommon to see headlines in the media about sexual harassment and assaults taking place on the railway, whether it's the underground or on trains above ground. This is a problem, an issue that's not confined just to London, but to the entire UK. So I'm going to hand over to Danny and Hannah to talk us through what has been hitting the headlines and why we need to be discussing what is taking place in this podcast. Thanks, Alan. So, yeah, as you say, it's a very topical issue at the moment. I don't know about you both, but I've seen a lot of things across social media, whether that's people, for example, on TikTok making videos, you know, calling out someone for sexual harassment on a train. I've also seen a lot of advertisement from the British Transport Police recently in train stations and again on social media, calling it out and putting in extra safety measures. I know they've come out with a app and a helpline which they're encouraging people to save into their phones. So yeah, it seems to be sadly really topical at the moment. There's been a lot in the media, a lot of different stories of people getting arrested coming off of trains, police meeting them as they're coming out of the station because they've been sexually harassing someone. So it just seems to be quite a a big issue at the moment. So there's a sort of zero tolerance approach quite rightly to all of this. But do we have any idea as to why this behaviour seems to be increasing, if it is increasing? Well, I think we live in a society now where one, I think there's times where you can feel quite afraid to, you know, as a bystander, if you see something getting involved, we've seen increases in violent attacks. You, you know, we've seen this publicly on lots of different platforms, as Hannah says. So there's definitely a concern about intervening. But also, you know, both of you travel on the tube quite often on the train. How often do people even look up at their phones when something's going on? People seem to be quite engrossed in their own worlds and it's just that concern of if you do you know get involved what's going to happen good for good question you know it's as i'm listening to you i'm sort of thinking about that but i have traveled on the train to get in and out of london for decades i touch wood thankfully have never had any trouble on the trains i can remember once maybe last year or the year before some Raz got on the train and they were smoking um, cannabis and they were high and they were generally causing trouble. They didn't pose a sort of physical threat, but they were upsetting everybody. And then there was another time when police had to get someone off the train who was clearly 
psychiatrically unwell, he was potentially going to cause harm, but I don't think deliberately so. I think he was probably very unwell. For that, and that the train had to be stopped to, to get on to get him on. But leaving those sort of two incidents to one side, I've never sort of experienced anything physically threatening, but behaviour on trains, I think, over the last, long you know, I've been commuting on the trains, 30-odd years, I think it's deteriorated. I think I was telling you, wasn't I, um, just before we started this podcast, the other week, I told some people to take their dirty shoes off the seats, because the seats of the trains are generally dirty anyway, so the trains that I travel on. And um, they did, but another passenger said, I need to be careful in telling people to take their dirty shoes off the seats, because he'd done something similar the other week, telling somebody to take their shoes dirty shoes off the seats and um, you've been threatened. So um, what do you do? Do you turn a blind eye? I sort of think, well, you shouldn't turn a blind eye, but I understand the concern is that if you don't turn a blind eye, you challenge bad behaviour and criminal offences, what are you letting yourself in for? So I do understand the dilemma. Anyway, I'm getting away. I'm getting away. As you said, we discussed this before we started recording this podcast, and it's at the time it'd be interesting to see the three of us, our opinions on this, because... Yeah, I, I travel in Germany by tube, so I don't get on the train that often. But the trains I do get on, especially if I'm going to other cities to see friends, you know, if there's a sporting event, for example, a rugby event or, you know, you're getting the last late train back from another city to your hometown, you you, you kind of expect what's going to happen is a lot of rowdy behaviour and things like that. And I've had experiences, yes, where I've been sat on a train and it's been quite empty or, you know, you've got a mail that comes and sits next to you to want to chat with you and I think that that can be quite threatening in those types of situations but that's the only experience I've had but Hannah obviously you travel by the train come into work by the train every day and actually your experiences you think that it's that it's getting a lot worse yeah I mean from my own personal viewpoint I would be more worried to get the train late at night when I'm on my own as opposed to like if it was at a time when there'd been loads of people from a night out I'd feel way more comfortable getting on a train when it's busier And it's just, it's really interesting, isn't it? Like thinking about why it happens, you know, why do perpetrators feel like it's easy to harass someone on the train? Is it because of sort of like the environment? Like if you're on a long train journey, it's quite quiet. I don't know if you don't see many people, if it's late at night, I'm not sure. I I do feel, you know, one of the things I picked up on, on research for this podcast is that intrusive staring of a sexual nature is considered harassment. And that is a really, that's one of the most common types of harassment that people do experience on the train. And I have experienced that numerous times. I don't know about you, Danny, as a young woman traveling. I mean, the the only personal experience I've ever had is somebody, when I was going to a Christmas party on the tube, went to take a picture under my skirt under my dress for our work Christmas party and I knew what he was about to do so that's the personal experience I've had but a colleague an ex-colleague of mine there was a a man that was masturbating within his his trousers on the train and she reported it and I never thought that it would get anywhere but actually this person was then tracked and it was worked out that they could track if you use your bank card there was some way that the police were able to track this individual and this person had been charged with something before and so he was found and convicted for it so they're the two instances that either experienced myself or had someone experienced but I think any form of organisation and we're talking here about National Rail but before we've done podcasts on the tra- transport for London is that, that there has to be this zero tolerance approach mm. as you've Quite talking about. Yeah, quite so it's not a new thing, you know, as we're listening. I can remember 
talking. I can remember as a child, my parents knew about a particular individual who lived in our village, married man with children and the rest of it. He worked in the dockyard and um, they say, if he ever stopped you and offered you a lift, don't get in his car. And he had accosted a young woman on the train to work in the railway carriage. And that's why I probably caught my parents warned you know, you don't get in the car with him if he stopped and offered you a, a lift. So it's not a new problem, but it's curious. I, I, why would people want to behave like this on a train towards strangers? But maybe why? it's the element of what you said earlier, Dan, is when you're on the train, people don't speak, it's very silent, people don't tend to look up from their phones. You feel quite isolated. Yeah. And I think you're in a full carriage. Yeah. And I think maybe it's that sort of idea that, well, I can do this because I'm not going to get challenged. No one's going to challenge me as a perpetrator. No one's going to, if yeah. I stare at someone, what's someone going to say? If I sit next to someone, I'm just sitting next to them. But obviously they're doing it in such a way that would be, you know, would constitute harassment. But then they've got this easy defence. Also, I think, especially with the clients and the work we do, naturally as individuals, we, we question our rationale. So I know that if I was sat on a train or a tube and someone was staring at me and making me feel uncomfortable I would probably question myself yeah um, I agree is this is this just me being you know feeling a bit strange or is this yeah I, I feel we naturally question ourselves quite often and actually when with TikTok and the algorithms I don't think we we see we get to choose exactly what we're seeing so I know that when I've seen these TikTok videos come up of people challenging people my nap like my first thought of it is like gosh you know I hope they're going to be safe how this is going yeah. to react because especially in different parts of the world crime are increasing you know knife crimes are increasing we see this all the time that, that I you want to be that bystander that intervenes but then if this was happening in front of me, I think I would still be quite frightened to yeah. worry about how this was, was going to go, especially if it was a male perpetrator. I would feel worried to say something. Yeah. And I think naturally the public would do. Well, I think this was the very point of, so back in 2021, and it's interesting because I was saying this to you, Danny, this campaign that was launched, it's a national campaign launched by National Rail with BTP, the British Transport Police and Crime Stoppers Charity. So I don't know if you see, I mean, I've seen a lot of advertisements, not even advertisements, but videos sort of demonstrating what harassment could look like on the train. And the point of the campaign from National Rail is to demonstrate to viewers what sexual harassment can look like so that if people see it happening, they know that they can speak up and they should speak up. And I think the idea is the more people see these videos and understand what it is, the more people will speak out on it to prevent it from happening, to make people know that they will be challenged if this does happen. And I have seen, I mean, I don't know if this is due to the campaign, but I have seen a lot of TikToks in particular of people speaking up, standing up for other people when it's happening on the train, particularly people sticking up for, for young girls if it's happening to yeah. sort of children, which is really positive to see that people are recognising that it's wrong. Yeah, I think the message needs to go out loud and clear because it, I, I wonder whether, you know, these people who do these terrible things feel that they're, they can be they're uninhibited in some way, you know, they're in an anonymous sort of environment, whether they is something that tells them that they can behave in this way. So I think it's absolutely necessary for there to be zero tolerance and for this to be made it absolutely clear. You can't behave. I'm not sure if people realise as well that 
how to report on a train you, you know if they they they're the bystander and they don't want to intervene how to report on the train and that the train as you said in the experience you have the train will stop at the next stop and there's normally police there to escort the individual off the carriageway because we were talking about other forms of transport you know if you're on a plane you know that, that there's a zero tolerance in that respect and things like that but you know anything that raises awareness to the fact that you know the train will stop and the individual could be arrested is, is very important yeah and i think especially with british transport police their tiktoks especially if you have a look on their page they're really making a point of sharing stories how the police turn up instantly they'll be there at the next stop to intervene which is you know really reassuring for people yeah that they will be taken seriously and they will act quickly and as i said they've come out with this mobile number 61016 and they're saying to people save the number in your phone because if you need to discreetly text it you know it's probably difficult to make a phone call if you see someone getting harassed you can discreetly text it and they're saying that police will turn up you know at the next stop it's really good um so that's a really really good positive thing to see it's a good idea isn't it and you have provided some case studies as well that you found Hannah haven't you which is all quite positive as well yeah so I mean I think the most recent one is a man that was sentenced to a 20-month prison sentence after sexually harassing a victim on the Elizabeth line in London I think that was August this year so only a couple okay. of months ago but yeah there seems to be a lot of it happening but as we're saying, a lot of action is being taken against it. So that's really reassuring. Well, thank you for researching this for us, I think we'll end up doing another podcast on this down the line when there's probably more statistics and information about how this has progressed. Good. Interesting. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for tuning in and listening to this latest podcast. As always, if you have any concerns or questions, please do not hesitate to contact us. So it's goodbye from me, it's goodbye from Danny, and it's goodbye from Anna. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favourite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.